Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Um, And it's Kate and I again this week. Um, And we're just going to have a general chit chat around the subject of being in a caring role, being, you know, for us, it's motherhood. Um, and aging parents now um, which are taking more of a, a level but um, it's just a, a kind of a nod and a kind of um, delve into how that plays into our drinking stories and also kind of um, how we can um, play it down you know that we have a tendency to gaslight ourselves around how much of a mental load um, caring for others is um and you know the importance to really recognize that in your own story and you know and recognize that that does have an impact on how you drink Mm. you know potentially if you're listening to this podcast then the answer is probably yes Um, and yeah so it's just kind of important to talk about that really and and where we're at with it and um and just generally checking in Hmm. Um, so how are you doing Kate? Oh hello um how am I doing well Easter holibobs yeah Easter holidays so I'm a mix of I'm sort of a bit up and down um a little bit tired today and yeah I mean we've decided to have the chat today about this because of you know partly because of something that that happened with you know in my family and you know I've got teenagers and various struggles and you know with mental health and I've been on here before haven't I talking quite openly about my you know with cams and stuff like that and it's just a lot you know there's just a lot and so you know I'm that that mix as we so often are of just like this you know (laughs) cloudy and a bit sunny chance of rain hopefully not too many storms on the horizon having had a storm just passed and (laughs) I'm sort of you know in in it um Mm. so you know I'm I'm all right I'm a little bit reflective and I'm processing um yeah and um yeah and also just kind of happy that the the clocks went forward and holding on to the small things really (laughs) how about you yeah um I'm quite I'm good um which is we were talking about this before we started the chat which is you know kind of I don't know just sometimes how your mental health can go is really surprising and there was a I really felt like yesterday you know I was just that feeling of like like hold on you know hold on like hold, I was thinking of the K Tempest poem like hold your own mm. which is beautiful like look it up if you've never uh, listened to it um because Monday I was in a mental health rock bottom like properly could not see a way out like spent most of the day in tears I spent most of last weekend in bed um I had a lot of anger towards myself about being so fatigued again like um yeah I mean it was it was bad you know I was really like you know Mm. at my wits end with my tiredness and just like ached all over and I just felt like there was no 
way out of it um and now I'm okay <laughs> I'm actually quite chirpy so it's like <laughs> what you know it's like two days later or whatever yeah. to have such a kind of dramatic um turnaround so I'm kind of trying to unpick it I mean I know I you know I did do emergency sort of self-care like mm. I saw my you know alternative therapist and cried a lot with her and she talked me through a lot of um kind of concepts you know she was using the metaphor of um Mm. you know being in a riptide Mm. um, which there are a lot around where where I live so um and the fact that you know if you're you're battling against it you know you're going to drown um and you need to just like lie you need to accept it lie back and float you know and let the tide bring you back in and um you know I I tend you know I have a tendency to get yeah I was in like battle mode against Mm. myself like just so angry with myself like felt like a burden felt like I couldn't do anything right you know can't do any sport I can't do any you know all I did was sleep a weekend I wasn't there for the kids you know and so yeah sort of had that chat of you know the recognition just like I am a sensitive person and I am very you know my endocrine because she's a shiatsu masseur you know my endocrine system is incredibly sensitive you know I get knocked by the weather changes by you know emotional changes or sleep you know um so there is that kind of acceptance of putting my own you know just taking two days and just Mm. being like you're not you're not very well Mandy um and not being angry about it Mm. um so anyway um and then I went to yoga and and then I was all right really Mm. thank goodness you know because I think it was about two weeks like of a downward spiral I guess mm. um so yeah I'm I'm, I'm good yeah today. and it, you just reminded me of of the fact that I was dodgy last week wasn't I and I actually really went to dodgy. bed for a mm. for a day or so yeah mm-hmm. I did like you know when you said about the endocrine system and obviously a thing that's very you know relevant to me right now and I'm really interested in it is that kind of the menopause the perimenopause that hormonal the endocrine system and I'm sure we will like dive into that properly over you know the next year or so you know yeah Um, but but you know we are talking about that and we're talking about all the all the stuff that impacts Mm. us as women aren't we and that is such a big you know that is a that is such a place where we we gaslight ourselves and get gaslit in terms of having to be in bodies that perform like men in this kind of linear 24 7 we've talked about this before you know work 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 productivity productivity and our bodies just our bodies our minds our spirits they don't work they don't work like that Mm-mm. yeah and, and, and knowledge that... is power is with with yeah. that isn't it you know it's it's that we can plan around we hopefully we have some give and some slack and how can we design our lives so that we can build that in to respect Mm-mm. that a bit more you know yeah yeah it's difficult isn't it it's because really it's, it because it, go, it goes into that you know I want to be taken seriously in the world like I want to be able to you know have my voice have my say I'm a feminist you know like mm. I fought so long to 
you know have a seat at the table have a seat at the table yeah not to be seen as weak or as less than but then and now you know see seen as the same as and that's where yeah. is if you're not the same but equal yeah. <laughs> and that's where we're still because if otherwise it's not an equal playing field and then we won't and then we'll get angry with ourselves yeah when we have to quite reasonably take any kind of stop yeah. of the situation yeah which is you know which is definitely where I was and yeah. it's really interesting that you know anger can become yeah when that you internalize that anger like you're not good enough you know it's just like there's something wrong with you rather mm. than sort of just being like the acceptance of this is who I am um you know yeah. I'm prone to adrenal f- fatigue like you know yeah. just it is like- what it is you know like well, you know, we were talking about this. Like, so we'll dive into this straight away. But, you know, we were talking about that that book that uh, Tiffany North recommended when we've got the podcast next week with her as an intuitive eating coach. And she mentioned the book, The Body Is Not an Apology. And it really got, and it, kept, mm. it keeps repeating this like a mantra, like a mantra, like a mantra. And it's like, it's really sat with me and it's starting to in, diffuse and instill within me, like in that embodied way of like, man, how we politicize bodies, how we are mean to bodies, how we criticize bodies. And this is, it's like this ableist stuff. Mm. It's like, who the fuck? said that we should go along our lives and expect ourselves never to be poorly never to be ill never to have endocrine fatigue never it's like that's that's bonkers it doesn't make any sense whatsoever of course Mm. we're going to but it's almost like as soon as anything there's a need that arises there's a, a take our foot off the kind of productivity then it gets pathologized and it's like I need a break we need a break yes I'm on my period yeah yes I am I'm bleeding yeah that's that's what's going on this week so no I can't I won't be doing that and it's like why it's just ridiculous you know and you know and I think the same for men taking mental health days when they're exhausted it's the same it's yeah yeah and again we were talking about this before isn't it it's like that ultimate you know ultimate productivity otherwise you are declassed in some way you know so if you are Mm you know a child you're not listened to if you're an old person you're not listened to if you're you know a woman you're not listened to because mm. like because it's all essentially about keeping the productive kind of wheels of in motion yeah, yeah which is just yeah it's just not working essentially no. um as a as a way to yeah to work with animals that we are we're all animals mm. you know with animal systems so yeah on that um that line I mean this came out of our conversations about the mental load of motherhood and something that really touched me that you said earlier was you know the kind of the battle the constant battle of being a parent um between heart and head and Mm. between you know the grief of letting them go and the understanding of um yeah their their need to be independent Mm. um so walking the line always walking that tightrope that's what it feels like to me that yeah it's like I want to protect you and I need I have to let you go or Mm. you know step by step by step by step every day there'll be something you know and that what I think what led into that was obviously what had happened with us last night and 
Um, yeah, and I feel very much like that sort of information overload that I felt this year of the news, the 24-hour news cycle, and how so many people have just gone, oh, my God, we're just getting through COVID, and now we've got a war, you know, and, mm. and that sort of the global impact. And I was thinking, it got me to thinking about us as social animals, us as nervous systems. How on earth are we supposed to parent <laughs> Mm. and stay well as moms in our sort of mammalian way and walk that line of letting our kids go when we have all this information we have too much kind of information overload and it's like how are we ever going to relax <laughs> it feels like that it's like and so you know getting I think what, what we were coming on to and what we wanted to speak about is to try and, I mean, you know, do that gatekeeping, do that oxygen mask ourselves, work out what's need to know intel. It almost just bring a bit of awareness to that because mm -mm. that will play into our feelings of overwhelm, worry, catastrophization, send us into kind of fight flight. Um, and so, yeah, it's that. It, it, I think so much again goes back to that how do I carve out some safe space for myself to be calm enough to trust myself to trust my parenting to trust my kids mm. when all of this when we have all this information and I know I don't know if but I know from other women that I've known for years on sober forums we tend to be on the worrying end, the activated end, the stressed end already, which is often why we were drinking to kind of not blur those edges to make mm. the world copable with and to soothe ourselves, you know, and, you know, using it in that faulty way. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because <clears throat> it's almost like um, because of the way that the modern world is, like we, we can, it's very if coming back to this idea of acceptance it's very difficult even more difficult to have acceptance over you know your role as a parent because of you can see so much you know I was just thinking about when I was saying to my kids the other day actually you know when I was a kid like I mean, I'd just go off on my bike or whatever. Like, oh, that's why, because we're talking about how nothing was open on Sundays and it was so <laughs> boring, um, you know, and I just I just go off at like, you know, when I was like 14 or whatever, go off about 10 in the morning and I come back at like, I don't know, like when I was hungry, basically, about seven, yeah. you know, and my parents had no, like literally no idea where I was or what I was mm. doing because there's no mobile phones there was no way that they could be in contact with me so you're kind of forced into acceptance of the limitations of your role as a parent aren't you because mm. there's there's no other way so it's almost like when you when you it's that kind of um yeah that powerlessness or that you know acceptance of it is what it is mm. because there you've realized that there, there are no other kind of options mm. whereas now it's just like you know you can have trackers on your kids which I don't mm. um you know but there are op so many more options around how you're supposed to interact which makes it really confusing mm. and really hard to kind of let go and and allow what will be will be mm. well, that's really interesting though what you just said about because I was thinking about you know having to 
something came up on a on a group today about whatsapp chats toxic whatsapp chats with mm. teenage in teenage groups right and um and so i've done a lot about trying to help the children to use their tech appropriately and actually though i've never really thought about that in terms of how we then connect mm. with our children through tech and what's appropriate so that's a really interesting point yeah because it just it doesn't allow for that yeah I mean it's it's like it's almost like developmental stages that they need to go through in terms mm. of making mistakes getting in trouble you know mm. not like um yeah not knowing where they are or you know needing mm. to kind of like all those things of like trying to find a phone box you know to like say like because you had specific you know for me I had to phone at a specific time so at least I had to phone you know I had to be somewhere yeah to phone in you know and and just it, the boundaries are so kind of <clears throat> meshed and mixed up and yeah and how much you can look in on their lives on Instagram and you know how much you can kind of um it's just it's really messy and it really I think it becomes really messy in terms of your roles as well because there's that friendship then parenting that kind of you know how much you should know mm. is is really kind of um messed up I think at the moment um that and also yeah there's a sense of closeness when perhaps you shouldn't you know mm. um and and also in terms of the amount of n knowledge we have around kind of yeah mental health um addictions um behavior yeah. um that mm that load that that load. load I feel a lot a real load around that um, because obviously our you know what we do what we do as coaches what we do as professionals our own my own experience of, of that I know that's definitely almost and and Google right I think it affects yeah. people generally like that it's like okay I should be able to fix this because I can basically google it yeah <laughs> which is an amazing resource but it's, it doesn't put a lot of pressure on the individual it's like especially if we've got that messaging as mums we should be able to fix we should be able to uh you know safeguard our kids okay we've got that letting go bit over the teenage years which is always messy oh god you know mm. um but yeah there's that there's that feels like it gets put back on the individual and then by getting put back on the individual if it's a parenting capacity it generally is going to be put back on moms mm -mm. yeah yeah and what a load that that is you know yeah I think it is because again it yeah we're in um again it's sort of into productivity isn't it it's like mm. we should be able to to fix this you yeah. know turn out we, perfectly well-rounded human beings who can take their place in society be productive shiny and yeah. um you know slim not too slim you know fit all the rest of it all the body stuff is going body confident there. body confident yeah um, whatever that looks like um, um yeah. yeah um I think something that I've had to really reckon with is um who like in parents like questions to ask myself is like who is this a, who is this about mm. um like if for example I'll take an example which isn't you know something that's going on in my family but if your child is failing at school mm. 
how much of when you are worrying about it and when you're getting into a narrative about it and you're spending your time it's like how much is that about you and how you want to be perceived as a mum and how much is that is genuine and kind of worry genuine um feelings um is it care or is it reactionary to the perception of you as a parent and that's something like I have to ask myself like is this coming from a like I don't want them to fail because I want them to be able to go to university or whatever like is that genuinely true or mm. is it because I want people to think I've done my job well as a mum and mm. my my kid is then doing well in their life um, yeah because I think it's important to have those honest questions with yourself in order to be able to go actually this is it it's not mm. it's not coming from the place which I I make the pretense it it does mm. and yeah. there's no shame there it's just having awareness it's... and then being able to be like okay so actually what do I want to do with it that will support that child mm. and their own goals it's taking and the pressure their own... off isn't it yeah taking like the they, maybe they don't care about yeah yeah about getting good grades and then it's just like well that's on that's on them isn't it because it's their life it's not it's not mine but that's something certainly I have to like check the dialogue it's like what is this about you know and I think it comes from fear as well it comes from like really wanting the best for them wanting to do a good job not fucking it up all of that I mean it's such a, a backwards forwards yeah facing you know myriad of of kind of messaging isn't it that come comes on onto us I I just find it the most extraordinary journey Mm. (laughs) and like gosh so hard sometimes so so hard um I was going to say say something because one of the things we talked about earlier was like then this feeling like the nuclear family is too small and that's not this is not like new rocket science or anything it's been like I remember reading about this in sociology back in 1985 you know like that this you know when we're looking at family systems and what is healthy and you know just different ways different societies do it uh, and but but there's this like need for we were talking about that kind of feeling of need for support wider support and wider Mm. family networks and I know that's something that I feel really um pertinently is that feeling of you know we talked about this before and I made some joke like really early in the podcast and um, then felt really vulnerable about it about taking a village to raise a child and it Mm. just looked ours just looked like social services was our Mm. (laughs) village right and actually I you know I don't have any shame about that anymore I'm like of Mm. course that was appropriate there was no other support yeah so of course we had to have some help from you know the educational system and bloody hell wasn't that this really hard hard work even getting that in place yeah and there's so it should be yeah and, I mean it's you know like, of course yeah. there should be that we're a we're a we should we're supposed to be a civilized society yeah whatever that looks like caring oh I mean it's not is it at all but you know of course we had we need that and I really feel really really strongly that parents who go through a similar thing to me mm. um 
I know the shame of that. I know how you can sit in that, especially because often you get to that crisis point and you don't know what's going on and you don't know the system. And people really assume knowledge as well. They talk to you, they'll go, well, you need an EHCP. And you're like, what the hell is an EHCP? You know, what is that? You have to learn how to talk to social workers because they are within these work cultures and they have codes and languages with each other. And I know what it's like to sit in that boardroom in a school with a whole multi-agency support, support in inverted commas, team around you. I feel so shamed by a social worker who is about 12 and who really seems to love the smell of farts on that particular occasion because it's a bit of power like Mm. literally you have honestly like no idea like well you you know you might have some idea but it's really really tough for people and so I really wanted to call that out and just say that because you know we need supports and we need yeah systems of support around us and wider networks and a broader base you know and I guess that's the kind of the message, isn't it, around, um, you know, drinking um, and around sort of what went on for us. Mm. Um, you know, interestingly, like neither of us have, so, where well, you have some extended, you had a relationship with your aunt, didn't you? And mm. had some, but you, you know, obviously didn't have a relationship with your dad. And so like broken family systems, if you're talking mm. at like a wider sense, you know, and I like yeah I mean there's no there's no one like um I don't have any cousins I don't have any aunts I don't have any anyone else other than mum and dad and my and one one grandparent growing up um Mm. who didn't live close by and was complex um person and so you you know you go into survival state in terms of like being ultra independent uh, or you know seeking out codependent relationships or you know it gets messy um in terms of how you structure and how you survive Mm. Um, or speak from my own experience and this touches on what we were talking about last week Um, and so when you're in survival state you know you're constantly in kind of high alert Mm. um, and your thinking gets very narrow um, and I was incredibly and I still struggle to ask for help like I still struggle to set put my hands up and say um I need yeah someone to step Mm. in now um and so when you're in that sort of state and when you're being sold this kind of message of alcohol being a helper and being a treat and being something that you can rely on and you know that it can that, that it you know that it's something that gives you joy or whatever you know it's it's very easy to kind of fall into that relationship mm. with with alcohol because yeah you you like I, it was like me against the world that's what mm. it was like it was me against the world no one understood I couldn't tell anyone because then I'd be failing I couldn't possibly like fess up and say <clears throat> that it was all too much it was you know completely yeah. gaslighting how tired I was how stressed I was how worried mm. I was um you know didn't was living in another country didn't have any support um and you know and and wine was the the solution that was socially accepted Mm. so you know part of why we wanted to talk about this today was just so you listening can go 
right like this there this is something right yeah it is something to be you know a parent or a carer in modern mm-hmm. society and that you know that that's a reason why maybe drinking has become problematic for you mm-hmm. and that's okay yeah. but you can do something about you know it's permission to stop isn't it like yeah. often people are looking for well like it, I can't possibly give up because I'm not that bad or yeah. you know I haven't had major trauma or whatever it's like all of this is trauma mm. um, and it is that that you know something you said to me before like really resonated with me about my messaging in my was that you know you've got to appear normal don't let anyone see that you're struggling don't don't let people see your you know dirty washing whatever that kind of you know keeping up appearances was massive in my in my family Mm. really toxic really really toxic and there is and part of that feeding into that wine thing is there's that you know a we don't want to you know, it's bad to then say, okay, I'm struggling with this because we're trying, we're also trying to keep up with those appearances and, Mm. you know, and also it's like, we don't, you know, to try and convince ourselves that we are coping because to not cope is so shameful. We're made to feel so ashamed of that. Um, And like you say, that's where we, you know, we end up gaslighting playing things down trying to cope and all of those other stuff and and I did have a really great salient point which I've forgotten (laughs) which is so often the case to me but it's about that like um you know sharing and and let and you know I guess why we do the podcast right why we ever started the podcast was let's have the chat let's talk about how hard it is you know we've talked about mummy wine time and the real parenting thing um you know there was an article that came up actually this week on another group um by I don't want to mention the journalist's name and give her any publicity but it was a dip into mummy wine time but it ended up with her saying well if women weren't so busy um you know if she wasn't so busy maybe she wouldn't need the wine time but it was very badly phrased it was almost like well it blamed women Mm. so not only do we have all of this pressure and all of the stuff that we're talking about today not even just the workload of being a mom the emotional side of it but all this messaging and the societal thing we're talking about as well it's like you know it's your fault if you feel like that because you should know better you should know better you should be able to to say no to be all boundaried about it and then you wouldn't need wine o'clock and it was very ah what's the word insidious messaging Mm. yeah Yeah, because it yeah yeah it's essentially it's um like you you know and and that's the difficulty because it you get it on both sides and this is definitely not just a female conversation I think it's even worse for men Um, you know that toxic masculinity sense it's like you know if you say you're struggling you know as a so from a woman's perspective you say you're struggling it's like you're letting down the sisterhood because we've got to like fight the patriarchy and you know change things and and show that we are strong Mm. um and then you've got it from the the other side of like well you're not yeah 
we, we told you you couldn't do it all kind of thing so it's very difficult to own mm. that things are hard you know and, and for men you know I mean I'm not a man so I can't speak from but from an outside point of view you know that the the fact that if they are struggling you know mm. they are you know it goes against everything they've been taught about how yeah. they're supposed to be so they're not mm. even there's no even like recognition of like oh well you know that's you being a woman you know it's like that's not how you should be as a man so it's mm. incredibly toxic um there was um it just going back to that book the body is not an apology she came up with a really good quote in that about that about men and within the within the system and it was something like we expect them to be these just kind of it's almost like cardboard cutout men like two-dimensional mm. kind of fit coping people who can have a little bit of sensitivity but not too much you know and it was just so well well put but it is it's almost like we expect them to be some not fully fleshed out or something mm, you know there's yeah. no nuances allowed with men yeah at all yeah otherwise so, it's seen as weakness yeah and yeah anyway that's a whole other conversation right yeah and you know and I <clears throat> Yeah, I guess it's that just what's the summing up of it all is just to, you know, mm. that the, you can never know what's going on in someone's life. You know, when you walk down the street and, you know, I, I just mm. I, I guess because we're coaches, because we work with people, because we have a community, we hear it, you know, all the time of that, like, well, you know, they have it worse than me you know and that's so I shouldn't be feeling like this because xxx mm. um and that's just the non-acknowledgement of your emotional pain or that the things are difficult um you know is is not going to help you to create a life you love without alcohol mm. because being able to you know recognize the hard times um and you know just give yourself a break mm. yeah and and, and I think step one isn't it really yeah yeah 100% for me it's like that support community connection to know that you're not alone to yeah. say it's absolutely okay to struggle yeah. and that it would be kind of weird if you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, we can say that, you know, yeah. we can say that. Um, and that doesn't and also mean life shit, right? No, you it know. doesn't mean life shit. It can change day to day. We go through cycles, don't we? Go through life cycles and we have life impacts. We can, like you say, you know, you, me in bed last week, unable to function, you like on Monday, then it's mm. it's like light and shade it's the nuances it's just I think as soon as we are able to hear each other as soon as we're able to have an actual conversation as soon as we're able to see put faces to things and to hear people's stories then we can we get the nuances we get the rich sort of tapestry of it and it's not so frightening as well because we're like okay they're having a really awful day they're having a crisis but they're still human they're not yeah. this kind of scary person that's like mm. not uh, that's so other you know there's a there's a humanity and an and a connection there yeah. um 
which leads me on to can I say something actually that's just that before I forget which I think is awesome which I've heard about this week in terms of I suppose having gatekeeping keeping positive um on our little spheres as, as mental health gatekeeping and also this idea of hearing other people's stories connection to minimize or to lessen the fear of that and to feel like we're human because part of this I think is just allowing us to feel human to be seen mm-hmm. to be connected with in all of that the glory and the shit of it sort of thing and it is the what's it called it's called the human library in Copenhagen and what you can do is you can go on and it's like you can you can read people like books so they will you log on and they will be someone telling a story about themselves from all over the world so it's like you can actually yeah you can it is like just reading humans like books Mm. which I love that idea um so I did a little bit of digging I haven't done any of it yet Obviously, I'm just saying it's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it sounds um, it sounds amazing. So that's what I'm going to be doing a little bit of digging into this week. But I love, I love, love, love that idea. Mm-hmm. And especially also in terms of, you know, maybe learning difficulties or preferences. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to read someone's biography. And I know you can do audio stuff, but yeah. I thought that was a really yeah. lovely way of also seeing lots of real people as well Mm -mm. you know it's not just celebrities or yeah people who are worth you know having a publisher say your book's worth something it's it's properly democratic isn't it I love it yeah and I think you learn so much from from that you know and it's that that common humanity isn't it Mm. it's from top to bottom left to right it's like we're all humans and that can be Mm. really healing um which is why you know I mean we have peer support groups meetings in our love sober group you know and they're if you're listening to this and if you're in our group and you don't go because you're scared don't be scared (laughs) don't be scared um but you know sitting in a room with like-minded well you know a zoom room with like-minded people and just hearing other people's experiences with something that you struggle with is so incredibly um powerful um so oh my goodness there's the, the most amazing bird outside it's that one that's that um it's quite colorful isn't it yeah sorry distraction I'll, um, <laughs> I have to put put it on Instagram or something so people are like what is the bird I just really hope my dog's not out there because shall I tell you what's outside my window so if I look out in my window it's basically a bit like parenting it's a bit like when you go oh god I've tried to control them and I just are I'm you just going to talk about now. the chicken now well I've not only got the chickens that are out in the garden but I've also the guinea pigs kept escaping so now they just run around the lawn and at night we put a bit of lettuce in their house and they go they go home and so it literally <laughs> looks like um a mini kind of Jurassic Park because the yeah, all the chickens and the guinea pigs all hang out together, like in a little pack. It's so weird. <laughs> I'll have to take a photo put it on Instagram as well. There we go. Oh my God. Um, so, yes. So um, let's leave it there, I think. Mm. Um, uh, look out on Instagram and around over the next week or so, because we will be spamming you with uh, pictures of Miami, because both Kate and I are 
going to Miami for the She Recovers conference. So we will, yeah, we'll feed back on that afterwards. Um, but we're super excited and can't believe it. Feel grateful and also just, yeah, like be nice to see each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be really surreal. I know. Um, so brilliant. But I think we've both agreed that the thing we're most excited about is individually being on a plane on our own for <laughs> <laughs> whatever eight it is eight hours you know mm. so like I really apologize but if anyone is coming from Paris on such and such flight um mm. I, I will not be speaking to you I will be I just want to watch movies and uh, like eat plain food and yeah 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 it's amazing what's um and I feel like, like I said I'm um I'm a member of a, a co co-women group I'll, um but I do need to give them a shout out because one of the events so obviously they're not an alcohol free one but um the events that came up today was an alternative cheese and wine um tasting and it's vegan cheese and alcohol free wine and I was like that is amazing Unbelievable. for a group of yeah female entrepreneurs um would not have happened uh no. two years three years four years go and I just think it's I mean it just shows how things are changing and opening up and again if you're listening to it and still in that sort of you know so be curious thing where you're like but I don't know what life will look like without it you know check your algorithms because actually there's so much on offer now and so many ways to connect so yeah you know have hope and know that people are enjoying themselves and having them yeah and and it's like that club soda thing like with this room on the table for all of us it's yeah it can be normal normal not to drink and it can be respected celebrated it might not even be a thing you know all of that it's not, yeah it's not that kind of social death sentence that we thought it was going to be you know yeah um so yeah nice all right then <laughs> So um, tip of the day, reason to love so being sober. Tip of the day, tip of the day. I think, yeah, tip of the day is to, oh, you know, it came up on, on the, Love, uh, the Life School alumni call on Monday and one of our lovely women said uh, that it was a mantra, let, how can I let this be easy? Mm. And I think going back to that is something all the time that I need to constantly check I'm getting better actually I do feel like it's that muscle power habit change thing mm. getting so much better at recognizing the early signals of overwhelm mm. and dialing down and taking you know advocating for those needs or you know just even communicating about that about stuff if it's getting overwhelming so yeah how can I asking yourself how can I just let this be easy how can I let being sober today be easy for me mm. and then that might be that you'd need to take something off the list or you need to opt out of something or or just that you need to have a bit of a treat but how can you let yeah how can you let being sober be easy today nice can that be the tip for two of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fine one. it's yeah, fine good. and my reason and... to love sober yeah is the oh it's like it's like my mind is blown by being human at the moment like I just find it so freaking interesting 
all the layers and like I was talking about oh don't bloody get me started Mandy is I'm very interested like I have always been a sociologist right at heart and obviously at uni um but I'm very interested in that kind of looking at building societies that are connected up and joining the dots between the old and the young and that community mm. stuff and I think it's just that ability for my mind to be agile and to dance with things that I'm interested in. Mm. Like I think I felt like that had to be, I don't know, if I did one thing, I couldn't do another thing. And if I did that, then I couldn't, I certainly didn't have the mental, like the energy to flit about and absorb information. And then, I don't know, just, yeah. So it's that really. It's the power of power of the mind and, and being mm. human. Once you get rid of the toxic shit of alcohol out of your life out of your system Mm -mm. yeah but you yeah it's pretty crazy isn't it it would come round to the the opposite productivity (laughs) (laughs) even though we should be getting away from productivity but shit man I'm so much more productive Um, but yeah in in a meaningful way it's that kind of like getting off the treadmill of just like of just doing life you know Mm. So you look back, it's just like day in, day out, just like go, 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 right, without any kind of reflection. I suppose it's reflection, self-reflection and, you know, that being part of your toolkit because you have to, you have to be like, oh, wow, like stuff was easier today because I didn't drink or wow, I Mm. noticed that because that helps you stay sober and it becomes a practice. But then that becomes part of something that you seek out to reflect on things and that impacts you know your relationships that impacts your um your work because yeah you become more intentional you know Mm. being sober is a superpower it is it's a superpower whatever you do with it whether you use it to help yourself reflect or to rest or to be productive it just gives you power it just gives you yeah. power, personal power, 100%. It's like yeah. it's the most empowering thing you can do. And on that note, <laughs> on that note, okay, well, so the lecture is over. Thank you for attending the lecture today. And we will see you in the Mandy and Kate universe, blah, 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 blah next week. Stay safe. No, do stay safe and reach out if you've got any immediate concerns about your drinking. Lots of love. You know where to find us. And we'll see you next week for more chat.